Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Going, but first up, let me just introduce um, our first uh, interview. I, I will be interviewing uh, Emmanuel Ihanamo. Uh, he's here with his lovely wife Taryn. Uh, he he runs a. a, a Accountancy? Do you call it an accountancy? Called Lifetime Accountants. They've got their business cards over in the foyer. Uh, he's a great guy. I caught up with him uh, two months ago, two and a half months ago. And just why, why I just went, you know what, we need to get you here is because he has such, such a heart to help people have a great relationship with money. And, and he's also really passionate about helping the next generation. And, and so what we're hoping to do is not just equip you, uh, but is helping you equip you to equip your children or people that are younger than you who might need a bit of a hand and and we're navigating a very new world when it comes to finances and so we thought let's get an accountant in let's talk about some stuff it's going to be really cool why don't you help me uh, uh, encourage Emmanuel as he comes up this morning fantastic so so glad that you can be here with us this morning Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, about your business, what you do, your family? Yep. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've been in accounting for nearly 17 years. So um, in that period, public practice is mainly um, where I've worked. Um, really enjoy working with numbers and accounting. Um, always have had that passion and drive to do that. Um, we need people like you for sure. <laughs> and certainly, um, yeah, like to be able to help others. Uh, along that journey um, certainly uh, is quite rewarding for me. Um, married uh, to Taryn, uh, we've got two kids, Mad- uh, Madison and Elijah, who are in the Sunday school uh, room as we speak. Um, but really, I guess, um, I'm blessed to uh, work for myself. I have had jobs working for others um, and in the last nearly four years now. Um, God's opened that door for me to be able to do that. Um, which has helped help me also bless others by employing them, but also then blessing clients by being more proactive in, in providing you know, services tailored to, to their needs. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I just saw your business card before we started, and it says Connect, Inspire, Grow. That's the, the, the goal, the mission, if you will, uh, of yeah. Lifetime Accountants. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, three aspects to that. Connecting meaning relationships, because I think that's where... You build trust, um, you form strong relationships and people will respect and then also listen to what you have to say. Um, obviously, we're, we're looking at inspiring people to think big, big pictures, um, to dream big, but also then practically equip them to, um, to grow and then look at resources, mm. how we can um, have a positive impact in their lives. Yeah, fantastic. Well, let's dive straight in because our time is short this morning. Um, and, and part of what we were talking about when we caught up a while ago was that you were saying that teaching people the value of money is something so important. And I guess uh, from, from where you were coming from was that money used to be something you could literally feel and touch. Mm. And now we're going to a cashless society and, and somehow the value of money um, in our minds has changed. Um, can, can you just unpack that idea a little bit more? Yeah, certainly. Um, so with valuing money, you know, comes, I guess, this whole idea or concept of, uh, you know, it's, it's time, it's effort, it's a reward for our labour. Certainly for a lot of us that work, um, that's how we, we receive compensation for that effort. So 
it's understanding that when we spend that money similar to time, we can actually get that back. So we have to really value how we are attributing, distributing that money within the economy uh, and community, whether it's in church, outside of church, uh, and really kind of being practical um, and conscious of where we're spending our money. Um, and I, I know we can go into a bit more detail, but once you get a grasp of, of where your money is going, you can certainly then discover how you can create margin in your life to then start mm. understanding, well, maybe I don't need to have a coffee every day of the week. Maybe I should do it once or twice every, every couple of days. Or maybe I shouldn't eat out as much as what I should. So certainly developing that value will then instill in you an understanding of, oh, well, okay, well, if I don't do this, maybe then I can afford to start depositing for it towards my next property or um, saving for a first home. So things like that, just understanding that. So it's in a way maximising uh, the resource that has been given to you. Definitely. So it's yeah. understanding that. Yep. And, and it's intrinsically li linked to, you know, your habits. I guess, you know, it takes time to develop these habits. Easily as we can slip into bad habits, we can also develop good ones. So it's about understanding um, where we want to generate, you know, money that will help us get closer mm. to those goals that we want to realise rather than further away. Mm. So good. And I think that's the, the key word that we were using was stewardship. Mm. And um, particularly uh, focusing in this interview is how can we help the next generation um, understand stewardship? It seems to be a bit of a lost concept. There's a little bit of, I want it, I'm going to buy it. There's eBay, buy it now, signs, if you buy it now, you get 20% off and, and all of those things that we need to, to work with. Um, yeah, what, what are some thoughts that you have around Yeah, around well, that? certainly, uh, you know, there's the financial cost of buying something, but, you know, a lot of the hype around, you know, the, the pictures around big sales and buy now, um, pay later, is this whole gimmick around you actually end up paying more for it in the long run, especially if you don't pay it within that period of interest-free um, terms or if you don't pay it within five years or two years, whatever that, that period that they allow, you end up financially paying more for it. And not only that, but you think about the opportunity cost of that money that you've paid in addition to what the, the original cost was, where you could have actually um, benefited from using it elsewhere. Um, and stewardship really is, is a principle around everything we, we do, not just money, but our time. When you think, think about what you do with your time, what are you doing with it? You know, from when you wake up to when you go to sleep. Um, if you can apply the same sort of principles around stewarding your money, I think um, the two go hand in hand. Um, because, yeah, I suppose if you understand w what you value is important to you, then it'll then dictate where you want to spend your money. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so let's say I have a child that is getting, maybe first of all, when do you think kids can understand the concept of um, stewardship when it comes to finances. Is there a certain age that you, you think kids yeah. that? I can understand that. <laughs> well, for my son, um, he's always been um, very passionate about numbers, similar to me, I guess, uh, in a sense. But I never think it's never too early. Um, even practically looking at, you know, we buy board games where we can encourage them to talk and, and understand about numbers and decisions. And Monopoly's a good one, obviously, for a lot of you out there that have probably played it. Um, and my son loves bankrupting me because he, <laughs> <laughs> he thinks it's fun uh, but <laughs> I think that you know we there might be something else you have to <laughs> teach him right. after that game um, but certainly you know teaching him that element of responsibility of stewardship um, in a practical fun fun way because you don't want them to be um, intimidated by it but also embrace it and, and understand that 
what decisions they make now will actually affect what their financial position looks like in 10, 20, 30 years time. Um, and I know personally that um, my parents, you know, we didn't have a lot, but they certainly um, practically displayed the good habits of stewarding money well. Um, we didn't have a, a budget talk as such, but certainly what I could see was what, that, what little they had, they stewarded it well um, to bring up, you know, four kids and, um, you know, they recently paid off their house. So I'm really, really I'm proud of them for doing that. And, um, yeah, now they're into their retirement stage. So that's, I guess, as parents or as um, grandparents, our responsibility. You know, we can't neglect that because nobody else is going to teach that. They're not going to teach that in school. Mm. Politicians aren't going to teach that. <laughs> um, it's up to us to pass on that information to the next gen. Yeah. I think something that you said that's very important it sounds like modelling and just demonstrating mm. a personal um, value and, and stewardship of money. Kids can really see that and, yeah. and understand that. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, kids will will um, they will look at your behavioural traits and they'll mimic that. They might not listen necessarily to everything you say, but if they can say, okay, well, um, we we've got our pay. We've distributed it across, you know, all these um, bills, but then we've got some left over. We're paying our tithes. When you can model that behaviour, the kids then go, oh, well, this is what it should look like in my house when I get older or when I leave home, when I get married. Mm. Um, and I think certainly it's a joint um, process, and I'll talk to Nate about that, is it's not necessarily left to one person, but I think as a, as a family, within, it, it should be done jointly, um, mm. collectively, just as you bring all your, your money into the storehouse together, you should also then have, have a, I guess, uh, an outlook of where do we want to spend our money, where do we want to go for a holiday, um, where do we want to tithe, where do we want to donate our money. So things mm. like that need to certainly... Wow, so it's actually including them in some of these decisions, yeah. even while they're quite young? Certainly. Um, and, you know, we do that um, annually, come donation time around 30 June, mm. ask the kids, you know, how much do you want to give, um, which charity should we give to, um, so you're kind of including that in discussion and not leaving them out mm. um, because then they feel like they're involved um, and they also feel some sort of responsibility to also mm. um, impact the community positively. Yeah, mm. awesome. Uh, can, can we just, yeah, kind of go into something a bit more, yeah, on a practical side of stuff. What are some other things, life skills, um, that you think are really important for, um, for, for parents or maybe even just like um, older people to be able to... Uh, help younger people understand? Yeah, yeah certainly. Um, well, I guess one of the things I learnt quite early was living with contentment, um, understanding what that looks like, uh, and certainly uh, with that comes, um, I guess, the principle of stewardship. So understanding and, and teaching your kids uh, or grandkids about what life should look like, not what life um, wants, what they want to, to look like. Uh, and what I mean by that is looking at the neighbours are looking at their friends and going, right. well, my friend's got these $150 Nike shoes. I want to have the same pair. Um, you can buy the same shoes from Target for about 30 bucks, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure you can jump just as high. So, um, so I don't so know the ads don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think, yeah, certainly if we can, once again, model that behaviour, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a real flashy sort of brand person, but... Certainly, you know, um, you, you buy dress clothes and you also buy clothes that you just get around with week to week. Um, I don't think people are going to judge you based on your appearance and that's one thing I think quite early on kids need to understand is we aren't 
we live in a society where there, it is a lot of eyes watching you and, and pe certainly people judging you, but as Christians, I think we need to model to our kids that it's not what people think or say about us that right. matter. It's actually what we think about ourselves and what God mm. you know, certainly thinks about us. And mm. we don't really need to spend money based on what people think we should have. Yeah, um, well, very yeah. good. There's also that thought that we were chatting about yeah. where um, previously, you know, um, growing up, you would have seen your parents take out the wallets or purses mm. and count out the coins before buying something. Now it's just tap that card yeah. and, 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 and off we go. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, so kids kind of, you, you were saying that they might not always understand that tapping the card actually it has implications. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. It's not limitless. Yeah. How can we help kids maybe get their heads around, and maybe not just kids, but maybe yeah. <laughs> young adults, young any adults. person? Yeah, well, certainly um, cards are great, uh, but they're only as good as how much money you've got in the bank. So with kids, especially now when we go shopping and we take them with us, uh, it's the understanding that, yes, there is money in the bank, but certainly rationing what you're going to spend and, mm -hmm. and explaining to them as well. We're only coming here to buy a birthday present for somebody else, for example. Mm. Happens a lot, I'm sure. And you end up buying a little thing for them because they feel <laughs> like, well, I should get something because I'm buying something for my friend. <laughs> and, and then, But then you're understanding, okay, we've got $100 to spend. What you're saying is you'll spend $80 on your friend and $20 on yourself. So kind of really sticking to, I guess, what you prescribe as your limits, mm. but then explaining to them well, what you take away from some place is actually yep. going to affect um, what you've got to give yep. uh, on the opposite side. Mm. So That's really good. Yeah. So in a way, it's talking about limits before before setting off. Exactly. And I think if you don't do that, mm. you'll get yourself in trouble, especially when you go food shopping, because a lot of them look down the junk food aisle <laughs> and then you, they go directly past the veggie and fruit aisle, <laughs> even though the veggie and fruit are free. So, um, yeah, but certainly if you can develop good habits, uh, and I would encourage, take them shopping, but teach them and educate them around mm. that whole, um, not just being content, but also uh, being conscious of, of what they're spending. Mm. Because certainly what you eat is obviously... Um, going to impact on, on your not health but also um, your energy levels you know obviously your ability to study mm. well do sports so there's there's a whole flow and effect from what we do mm. um, you know when we spend our money yeah what would you say to someone that says well you're an accountant of course mm. you're going to be able to teach your kids financial wisdom yeah. what, what do I know what would you say to a parent like that well I'd say um, certainly having a support network around you helps uh, whether it's through your family or reaching out to someone that's um, modelling that sort of behaviour that you want to sort of esteem to, um, or you can see that as being uh, prosperous in a world where there's not a lot of um, prosperous prosperity. Um, certainly talking about it, not necessarily um, drawing back, because I think that's kind of um, what the sort of enemy wants us to do, is, is sort of live so individualised that we're... Although we're in this group of people, we can sort of feel like, well, um, we don't, or we shouldn't have to share that information. But it's not talk. We're not talking about raw data. We're just talking about, hey, how did you f do this, or how did you afford to buy your second home? Just practical advice around that. Practical sort of information you can gauge without revealing too much. Mm. Uh, and I think that's certainly good. Um, I know that, like I said, my mum and dad didn't really have a lot, but. Being in the industry of finance, I've talked to a lot of people, both clients and other financial advisors, accountants. So I can grab bits of information and draw bits of information from them 
And that's certainly where I found um, I've got a lot of strength of my information from. Mm. And certainly um, there's people like the Barefoot Investor and other financial advisors who do free, provide free sort of support services. Um, mm. Obviously, Mark will go through caps later, but um, I never think that there should be a time where you just bury your head and think it's just going to go away. Especially if you're in um, sort of financial difficulty, you need to reach out and not be mm. ashamed. And because yeah, um, I think that's kind of one of the tricks of the enemy to try and make us sort of feel that we we shouldn't do that. We should sort of mm. keep it to ourselves and, uh, and not seek help when we need it. Yeah. So so really, it's kind of just being being a bit open to help. Yes. Yeah, uh, and learning along the way. Yep. I know definitely from my experience, I don't consider myself. Uh, an expert in finance, but I've kind of gone around, talked to people, been a part of life, <laughs> and I've definitely grown. I can see how that's been really beneficial. Yep. And sometimes, yeah, I think there's that shame aspect. It's like, I'm not doing well, I better clam up, I better not talk about it. And yeah, no, that's brilliant. We don't have much time left, so just got one question, one last question. How would you talk about um, healthy finances in a family? What, what, what would that look like, in your opinion? Yeah, okay. So certainly, I, I guess, with any kind of a discussion, you should talk about maybe even looking at a budget as a start, um, sort of what's coming in and what's going out, um, understanding also then you know, if you're spending money, like I said earlier, in the, in the piece, where can you pay back or where can you kind of withdraw some of that spending so that you can create margin. If you haven't got a savings plan, that's certainly something that you should consider. Um, I know <coughs> I've mentioned Barefoot Investor before, but... Uh, reading his book recently and he talked about having the three buckets for spend, save um, and splurge um, and it's really he didn't operate the principle of budget but he talked about those three sort of buckets as being used for those different purposes um, and splurge being one where you know um, being an accountant I'm quite sort of money conscious so I don't really like to splurge um, but I guess we still need to do that for holidays and things like that. Mm. But allowing yourself to be able to do that so that it doesn't affect the other buckets such as spending and saving. Mm. Um, but they all operate together. They can't sort of operate independently of each other. And I think that's, as a collective family discussion, you need to identify how much you want to put into each bucket um, because that's generally going to um, determine, I guess, how much you want to spend, what your spending goals are, uh, what your savings goals are, and certainly... Um, Obviously, um, if you're splurging, you know, that's that coffee, that's that meal out once a, a week mm. um, that you want to sort of reward yourself or yeah. it might be, you know, a new fashion outfit. Um, but certainly having a budget, talking about where allocating your, mm. um, your money is and certainly looking for margin where you can create it um, so that you can, I guess, bless others as well. And I think that's the key. Um, God teaches us principles about money, not to love money, but to understand that we need it to survive within our economy but we don't need to necessarily to be content with our, our lifestyle mm. um, because God's given us everything we need. Um, yeah. We just have to rationalise it mm. and, and make sure that we can meet our needs and then also then hopefully have enough to, to bless others with as well. Mm. Fantastic. You know, our time is up. Like we said, Live Talks go so quickly. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.